0: Welcome to the IWIB Female Factor Podcast. For the month of March, we are celebrating the history of women during this month, and for that, we have remarkable guests that will share their stories and will share their wisdom with us. So, welcome everyone to listening in. Today, we have Beth Topolovsky, an American living in Sweden and currently working as a managing partner with the Spark Group and Stinson Partners in Stockholm, Sweden. Beth has a degree in electrical and electronic engineering from San Francisco State University. She started her career at Hewlett Packard as a chip designer in California. So she's a true woman in tech. She has served as an American Chamber's Sweden's Board of Directors since 2009 and has led the AmCham's Sweden's Mentoring Program for many years. And this is why I invited Beth, because I think in the Women's History Month, something that will really advance women's career and get them the leadership skills that they need to succeed in the corporate world or any business um, to be honest is uh, to be mentored to find someone that will help them go around the insecurities or lack of experience or how to handle themselves in a male dominated world. Beth, Welcome to the IWIB Female Factor Podcast.
1: Thank you, Tatiana. It's so nice to be here. Can't wait for our conversation.
0: Thank you, Beth. Well, let's start from the beginning. Please share with us how was your journey from the U.S. to Sweden and what brought you to Sweden and what made you value mentoring so much?
1: Great, super. Let me uh, just give you a quick synopsis because I think it's much more interesting to talk about uh, uh, women and and mentorship. Um, But my background comes, I I went to, um, my degree is in electrical engineering. I worked in Silicon Valley for a long time as an engineer and then got into product management. Uh, I ended up with a specialty of turning around acquisitions that Cisco had acquired through the dot-com uh, era, and they acquired a company in Sweden that uh, they asked me to come out to Stockholm and, and turn turn the acquisition around, kind of get it working, get it aligned uh, with Cisco. So I did that. That's how I ended up in in Sweden. I think uh, most. I think I'm the only American woman, at least I was, that came here for a job instead of a love. Um, (laughs) But now I am staying because of love and and all of that has worked out just beautifully. Um, So uh, from there, I have um, been chief operating officer for multiple tech companies, given I've got a technology background and I really enjoy the whole operations of running technology companies. Uh, A really good role for me in the leadership um, seat was to be the chief operating officer. I like that role quite a bit because you're involved in many different areas of technology companies. Um, From there, I actually started a consulting company doing turnarounds, and now I'm running Spark. Um, There's uh, five or six of uh, principal, People within Spark, and we do corporate turnarounds and for technology companies in Stockholm, small, medium-sized technology companies. So that is my background.
0: But this is the the great country for that. I mean, this, Stockholm. I mean, Sweden is 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 the is the perfect country to work on tech on tech, right? Are you focusing only on companies that are you know tech related or you don't, you don't focus on any other businesses? Yeah, so our
1: our target customer is very, very precise. It's usually companies that have been around for 15, 20 years, and they're in that stage of their life, life cycle where they're kind of plateauing, where they're just not growing, they're not making progress, things are, have stalled a little bit. And so we will go in with uh, four or five people, One is looking at sales, one will look at product management, operations, project leadership. We go in as a team and um, we have a process that we call product-led transformations. And we actually go through the entire company and right size everything within the company and uh, really get it productive and achieving the goals of the company, which means the profitability comes up, the sales come up, um, and the team is working much better um, together and and really being productive so that's a
0: full-fledged turnaround that we do Are your clients mostly men or women?
1: yes it is uh, it's a very interesting topic uh, to be a female entrepreneur in tech uh, it's now very popular and I, I really love seeing a lot of the younger, uh, tech um, uh, CEOs coming up in, in leadership, and uh, it's really fantastic. I'm, I think I'm a, like a half a generation uh, further uh, in, in that respect, um, but uh, to me, the struggle of being an entrepreneur is the struggle of being an entrepreneur. Uh, maybe it's harder uh, for some groups than others. I think being um, uh, a non-Swede, working in an environment where I don't have the language is more of a challenge for me than the male or female aspect. And um, I think that comes along with the the network that you have built since high school. Sweden is very... Um, um, let's see, insular in some respects, where their networks are very close. And uh, a lot of people who are in networks have known each other for decades. And so being an outsider coming from the US, that to me is, is the challenge. But uh, I think the, the women, um, the, being a woman and being an entrepreneur, I think we work like hell. So I
0: think it's it's an advantage. <laughs> we yes. do work like hell. It's an advantage and, for, uh, for them that work with you, you know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And what so about it, the four uh, of directors positions that you have in Sweden? How has been your experience? You yes
1: that's also a a very interesting topic to to dig into. So I'm on the board of the American Chambers of Commerce on the Turnaround Management Association and Seavers Semiconductor, which is a a listed board. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a strong American woman with a big voice and um, I think some people have to get used to that a little bit. I, I like to speak up. I think it's very important to identify the areas where we can improve. And um, I don't think that that's, um, uh, that is a, uh, a voice that is so often um uh, experienced in, in boards here in Sweden. And uh, as always, I'm learning how to make those edges softer and to work with how do I get my message heard rather than being the one who can point out the areas that we need to improve, right? So it, it's a, um, it's, um, I'm learning that as well. You know, how, how, can we, how can we raise our hand and speak up and be heard? You know, it's not just about being the being the one who is identifying the areas that need help, but it's also the one who can actually get the action going. And I think that's the that's the clever bit. And of course, I'm still polishing it and still trying to understand how best to help organizations help companies that I'm sitting on the board for to improve Um, and Give ideas and and to guide in the right direction. Uh, so it, it's a it's been a balance with learning learning how to uh, soften those edges uh, when when sitting on boards and making suggestions about how things should change or making suggestions about the types of reporting that you would like to see uh, as a board member. Because mm-hmm. I think that's also very different from the U.S. Um, the U.S. The board is expected to really hammer on the areas of the company that need to be improved or that need attention. And um, I think in Sweden, it's a little bit um, less. Uh, it's it's a little bit more listening to how the business is going yeah. and identifying um, if there should be some turns. So uh, it's quite different. So I'm, I'm really learning to, to try to balance those things. But I think people do bring me into a board because they want the American um, perspective about how we see business. So um, yeah, it's about balancing the two.
0: Yeah. Have you noticed a difference before the Me Too movement into having women on boards? You know what? I, I, I gotta say this,
1: that That I haven't really noticed a difference in the me Too respect. But um, uh, lately, in the past two years, I've had two situations where somebody came right out and said, raising my hand, we would like to get you involved, because you are female and you're in tech. I was like, okay, that's the first time
0: what ever. Where about my skills? Where about how <laughs> exactly. I am and how notable I am? <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. But you know, oh. it was actually the first time ever that it was an advantage, air quotes, uh-huh. right? Yeah, and yeah. Um, I thought, okay, great, bring me on. Mm-hmm. And I hope you know what you're ready for because I'll raise uh-huh. my hand and I'll speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and also knowing... Knowing how technology companies work, I have really high expectations for the CEOs. And mm-hmm. it's important that they're driving business and, and accelerating growth. So, um, yeah, it, it was a, it, twice in the past uh, couple years I've gotten that. We'd like you because you're a female <laughs> and in tech.
0: I was <laughs> like, bring well, it on. <laughs> You're in the right industry. I mean, uh, uh, you know, just b- before we move into into mentorship, which is the main focus in today's podcast, um, what was the struggle, or, or what was the the biggest challenge that you had during the pandemic in your business? Because I think tech companies, you know, I think they they, they really were busy during the pandemic. How yeah, was it- well, yeah some.
1: Some were very busy and uh, some, of course, were really struggling uh, as all everybody and in, in, in businesses. But um, what I think the how I saw things unfolding were that investors were really very nervous and trying to understand which of their companies were actually going to make it through. So that was a big question mark in their minds, and they then needed to decide if they were going to further invest in companies or not. So uh, within Spark, we were working on a a turnaround project. Um, It was a B2B uh, software company, and I literally got a phone call from the investor uh, March 23rd Mm. mentioning that um, they may not um, be able to continue to invest in the company. So they wanted to slow down our work in doing the turnaround within the company. And understandably, completely understandably, because you know you have to see if a company is going to make it. And, and especially during March timeframe, nobody knew anything about the acceleration of tech, how that was going to come about, which companies were going to make it, which digitalization aspects of technology were going to thrive. So everything was so uncertain. And I I really understood that investors were kind of waiting to see which companies were going to pull through. But we continued with our our transformation on the company and at sort of a moderate rate. And they did well. Uh, The company made it through and actually started to accelerate after the summer. So uh, it it all worked out really nicely.
0: Okay, I'm glad to hear it went really well. Um, But can you please take us to or walk us through the process. What's your role in all this transformational process and the turnarounds? Uh, what's your role? Yeah, well, so um, um,
1: I, I'm sort of the, when we go into transformations or turnarounds, I'm the person who is overseeing all of the, the components of the turnaround and how they're coming together. So we work in work streams and and all the guys have particular areas that they specialize in. So I'm sort of the ringmaster on top, just making sure everything is is moving forward and that we're also communicating well to the investors and to the board and also to the management team within the companies that we're turning around. So that's my role uh, is to do that. So I have a lot of communication with the investors and just making sure that they understand what's happening inside of the company. Um, it, turnarounds are not easy and, and it really disturbs the management team. Change is hard, change is extremely hard for people. So we just need to make sure that um, everyone's going through the, the cycles, the emotional changes as well as the corporate changes to get the mindset working differently, to make sure that people are changing their behaviors, that there's real commitment to turning around the company and accelerating growth. And of course we have to identify all the areas where we've got to do the work for change. Um, but my role is really designing the process and keeping the process moving when working with the investors.
0: Okay, because I ask you just because, um, I remember that I met you back in 2006 was this when I just first came to Sweden and you have not founded the Spark Group yet, right? Exactly. True. That's correct. So you, but you have been sitting in board of directors, right? Right. Exactly. So at that time I was actually
1: running uh, my work as doing corporate turnarounds as an individual. So I was sort of like a chief operating officer for hire. That, that was oh, okay. more my role. So now with Spark, I've got a team of people and we go into the turnarounds as a small team and we're oh. hitting multiple functional areas. It runs much faster. And um, for instance, we have a product manager who comes in, deep dives, gets the roadmap together, gets the product strategy together, uh, makes sure that that the right value are communicated for the product. We've got a salesperson who really looks at improving the sales operations, project leader, and someone from engineering. And so we have multiple people coming in uh, to the projects to turn the companies around.
0: OK, so so the, 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 the you have a very holistic idea exactly. of how a corporation works. And of course, you, you apply that to your business. That's right. Um, I can see that. Um, so let's move on into the mentor, the mentors in your life. Um, have you, because I know that you run um, a mentorship program with the American Swedish Chamber of Commerce, right? The American Chambers of Commerce in Sweden. Yeah, yes. that's right. Can you right. please tell me about how do you ended up having this very successful program what was it that made you spend time on that away from your business and, and, yeah. and dedicate yourself into this program?
1: Well, I, I think there is nothing more valuable than having a mentor, mm. point blank, point blank. And, and I have so many examples in my own life where I have used a mentor or have gotten mentoring from uh, colleagues or friends or girlfriends And there is nothing more valuable than having a deep, meaningful conversation where light bulbs are going off and you leave the conversation with more confidence and with ideas that you can execute in the situation that you're struggling with. So that was one of my, um, uh, I I just think it is such a beautiful thing to share And you're also going through not only the technical aspects of the situation that you're in um, and the political aspects within the management, you're also going through your own emotional parts of how you're interacting with that situation. And having a mentor or discussing with somebody your response and how how you're interpreting what's happening within that situation. I think it's so important to have somebody that you can talk those things through. And more importantly, I think it's somebody, it's important to have somebody who knows you a bit and can kind of guide you to seeing how you are seeing it. And they may have a a different perspective. And I have a a really excellent example um, that, has helped me quite a bit uh, a year ago or so. I was in the middle of a contract of uh, negotiating a, um, uh, a an arrangement to do some fundraising for a company that we were turning around. And walked through the whole contract, really understood what was going on, was working with the investor about the details in the contract. And we made changes, of course. And I signed and sent it back. And I was waiting for the signature from the investor. The signature didn't come back. The signature didn't come back. And I was wondering, well, what's happening? Why aren't they giving me the contract back signed? And I even saw this individual in meetings. And I was you know, wondering what's happening. And days had gone by. So uh, lo and behold, it turned out that that investor, um, found, had a friend that wanted to invest in his company. So that completely cut me out of doing the fundraising for this company. And uh, the contract then that we had worked on was completely null. I could have just ripped it up, no problem. And I was baffled, I was shocked in a way and you know, here, here I was. I thought I was going to fundraise for this company and was in contract and I had actually even signed. And lo and behold, no, this investor had found somebody else and, and didn't tell me that that process was going on in the background. And I was also in the middle of doing a turnaround for this company. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? I, am, I want to have a good relationship with this investor. I really like this investor. Still do, very much, <laughs> and um, had a good relationship. And I just did not understand how to interpret that situation. So I call up, um, his name is Michael, and if he ever is listening, I thank him from the bottom of my heart for being there for me. And we walked through this situation, and he was so excellent with asking me questions like, where's the value here? And helped me see the relationship was very valuable. We needed, Spark needed to finish the turnaround for that company, extremely valuable to have a successful case under our belt. And okay, I lost out of doing the fundraising. Okay, let's review again the value of that compared to the overall picture of building my business. And uh, he also helped me see the anger that i was expressing through telling him this whole story and i just thought wow am i really getting that angry about it well damn it i am angry (laughs) and and it was just um it was so such an eye-opener to have him Um, showing me and opening the book or opening my eyes to my response to this whole situation. And he, as an investor himself, may not see this as such an unusual act that an investor would do. Of course, he said that it is not fair and it was very uh, unkind and, and uh, unprofessional, unprofessional. Okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. But he also said he has seen worse. And so it kind of helped me put things in perspective. Extremely, extremely valuable conversation
0: with my well, mentor. Well, this, Michael, was to you what you were to me back in 2000. Oh. <laughs> And this is why I, you know, I I I said I would love to be a mentor in your mentorship program because I want to give you back what you gave to me when I really needed it. I was so upset, um, and you know, I was about to quit the board of directors at the uh, at this chamber, just because I was silent in a general assembly by a very very senior you know Swedish businessman, very mm. well known, and I was you know called even dramatic just because i was a woman and and i was from colombia and i was a lawyer so he just said the whole three wrong things you're from colombia you're a woman you're dramatic and i was wow. like excuse me you know those are the moments that you know don't you know who i am you know <laughs> like what is exactly this? it was exactly. horrible. i felt and you told me you are not quitting we were part of the 85 broads um that's network. right i remember yes
1: and, i remember and
0: and 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 the network used to uh, to host um power launch they, they they call it and mm-hmm. we were uh listening to you in, in one of the launches and and you were talking about women on boards and i was like this is just perfect and then i asked you about this question. And the the feelings that I had, I was going to quit a a board of directors from a chamber that I founded. I was a co-founder of that chamber. And because of you, I didn't do it. And it was uh, it was really, you know, then it was very successful and he was out. He was out. Yeah, yeah.
1: That happens frequently. It happens frequently if you stay in there and you know be the difficult woman you are. You
0: know, yeah. <laughs> and they were very oh, happy. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh gosh, That's great. So let's That's great. talk about. I, I think this is uh, this is something that not many women, um, at least those that don't that have not had any mentors, should be aware yeah. of. How yeah. useful yeah. is to have a mentor? And this will bring to my my my. I think my first question about mentorship. I was mentored by you at the time when I really needed it in Sweden. But before that, I was mentored by men when I was in the U.S. and in Colombia. Uh, how do you how do you you see women being mentored by men? Um, will we get more ahead because they have been you know in the leadership positions for thousands of years, or would you recommend that a woman will mentor? Only women, if we're in this era, or women supporting women. I mean, I, I don't know if the, if the question is relevant or not, but I just wanted to see if you have seen a difference between mentorship styles from women and men.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think of course it's individual, and I I think it's also where you are in your career and what you're what you're working with. Um, but I I think some of the the benefits that that women uh, have and just getting mentoring from men, it could be, well, first of all, I think you should get mentoring from somebody that you respect, you know, somebody that is doing something that you strive to do, that you look, look up to, um, that you admire. That's who you should get mentoring from. Now, what I have benefited from, from getting mentoring from uh, um, a man is the perspective and I think what I've really picked up is that um, there, there's a, the way that we look at things, it, it can be very different. And of course, I don't want to sound like, you know, males do it this way or females do it that way, because that's not at all how I see things. There are some general patterns or I can identify with certain ways of thinking, but I know women are, can be very direct, and um, my, my, I am very much like that myself because we see things. We we call a spade a spade, we know what needs to be fixed, we raise our hand when things aren't working and and that's the way a lot of us work. And I, I think we don't have the, the game, if I wanna call it that, how to play the game or really understanding that there is a game that is on the table and that mentoring can help you see different aspects of, of playing that game. So th- that's one of the, the things. Um, and, and I also think that seeing the game from different perspectives is also a key, a key value in, in having a mentor where I think um, some of us work in that, I know that I wanna understand my impact if I say something, how somebody else might react about that, or if I do this move, how could that affect the situation or my relationship with somebody else, or will, will they not accept it, or will I be looked at in a different light? those kind of questions I bring to a mentorship uh, relationship. And, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other women care about the impacts of the surrounding situation and people. So I don't know how men or what kind of questions they ask their mentors. <laughs> but um, I think it's important that you're working with someone who's got that perspective. Um, and, and I think there are a lot of women who are coming up that really want to understand um, the different techniques and the different roles and the different language that is used and, and uh, so forth. And, and what I hear in the mentoring program where there is a lot of younger women who want to work with uh, executive women, the issues happen to be around you know, work-life balance, uh, but also being the only woman in the room and to work with a mentor who has been the only woman in the room, it gives you a unique insight mm-hmm. into uh, actions, reactions, um, how do you play the game? How do you speak up so that you're hurt? You know, all of these uh, different um, aspects of being the only woman in the room,
0: but it's one very of thing- viable. Uh, I, I agree, and, but also I have seen in because I you know I I'm part of the program that it doesn't matter that the mentee gets a female or a male mentor because at the end of the day you guys will have you know you create such a nice group of um, you know within the program we meet often we exchange knowledge among all the mentors with the mentees it doesn't matter if the mentee belongs you know quotation marks to another me- mentor but they can also ask questions to the other mentors um and we are mentor the mentors are mentored can you please tell us about the program a little bit okay super yeah thanks very I mean, you know not 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 only that i want to give back but i also got a lot of back as a mentor mm. and even my mentee that didn't want to have a, a female mentor He was very happy that you matched him with me.
1: Yeah, you guys had a, it was a really great connection. (laughs) And it's so exciting to to see the
0: connections.
1: Yeah. So this program is with the American Chambers of Commerce and it's an eight month program. And we get all sorts of just really wonderful mentees who join the program who are really looking to get ahead. And the mentors who come to the program are so generous with their time like yourself and, and really wanting to help the next generation of leadership um, come up and to, you know, to, to give back and to really assist. And um, so I spend a lot of time uh, looking at the applications of the mentees and matching them with the mentors, who I feel—I mean, it's a little bit of a secret sauce—and I, I don't use a glass of wine in between. I promise, it's all—it's all, it's all uh, with coffee. Um, but it's very much about the personalities and and um, what people are looking to do, you know, how they're looking to strive and forward in their career and what the mentor has actually already done. Very much about matching the personalities. Um, but it's a fantastic program because uh, the mentees get to meet other mentees and really talk. I mean, it's sort of like the mentees are mentoring themselves as well with the conversations that we have in all the workshops for the eight months that we're together. And I, I really appreciate the mentors who come to the program. Everybody is so sharp and generous and experienced and wise and open and kind and really interested to to help uh, those coming up. And, and I hear about relationships that are continuing years and years after the program it their particular nice program.
0: partnerships I mean everything happens in that program it's oh amazing.
1: yeah yeah it's a great it, yeah people build businesses people create <laughs> jobs sometimes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great and uh, you know of course it's like the only English speaking mentoring program in, in Stockholm, Stockholm or actually now we will be online um, so we're, we're starting um, the applications are due the, at the end of March so that's oh, uh,
0: I mean so yes yes uh-huh. yes
1: So um, but if people need a little bit more time to fill out the applications and get approval, then I'm happy to to give them that time. But we're starting actually April 22nd. So it's really important to get those applications in as soon as you can.
0: Okay, I'll put some information in the description of this episode. But one of the things that it was really amazing when when my last mentee with my last mentee was you really nailed it. You really gave him what he was needing. Oh, that is so great. Yeah. He wanted to have this international perspective and global perspective. Yeah. And then, you know, from a man and, I was, and then you said, no, this is the right person for you. And, and it was really, you know, I saw him seeing like with open eyes. Oh my gosh. I will never think this way, or I didn't know that uh, it was just, um, amazing. Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's so funny because a lot of mentees think that, um, they have this like, oh, I, I want the CEO of Scania. I want the CEO of IBM. It, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. First of all, you're too far apart and mm-hmm. they don't have time. They don't have time to talk to you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's that kind of a, but with someone like yourself, who's got so much experience and very rich and, and um, you know, just so global that you can give a perspective that he mm. never even thought about. And you can explain it in a way that yeah. he can hear it and give the examples and the open-heartedness to hear hear his response.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's really cool. Beautiful, I mean, yes. But tell me, before we go, before we go to the, because we're, we're going to the end of the episode, you started this program 11 years ago. What was it that made you I know you said, why did you start the program? But what was the the difference that you see 11 years ago and today, Mm -hmm. are the skills the same? Are you integrating new skills that you you have identified that people maybe, I don't know, uh, what kind of skills have you seen that are new?
1: Yeah, well you know one of the the reasons that I kind of a secret reason that I started it was that I did see a lot of blind spots in the the young professionals that I met in Stockholm that they if they could only see those areas where they could improve or that they could work on within themselves that they could really advance. For instance, like how do you how do you become a high performer? What does a high performer mean? And it's different in every culture and it's different in, in different industries, but those were the, the areas that we really wanted to work on. Like, for instance, you know, instead of just giving a simple response and an email, why not come with a graph or um, uh, background information about your argument of, of your answer mm-hmm. and, and why you're... Um, presenting the way you are. You know, come, come with a presentation. Don't just come with the, a response in a meeting. Mm-hmm. So those types of things that we would really dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, high professionals are, are dependable. High professionals, you know, are emotionally intelligent. So these are the types of things that I would see that we could talk about to really help people enhance their their value to their companies of being a high performer. And so those topics have continued. Now what we've done that that uh, additionally within the the program over the years is really make it very, very interactive. So people have time to practice these um, uh, high-performing habits and behaviors and uh, people get to discuss Even acting.
0: A lot. I remember one of my favorite yeah. sessions. Yeah. With Josh, I think is his name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Josh Len. So teaching yeah. us about confidence. How do you build that's your confidence?
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's one of the, that, that's a new course that we've done is how do you build confidence? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we go through a whole routine about that, and much of it is about failing and not being feeling bad about failing.
0: Exactly, so, and really getting used to that. Well, I can't wait to to, to start the program in April, um, Beth. We are ending the, the episode now. Can you please um, share with us who had been the women that had made an impact in your life or your career that you that I call the female factor? you can mention and why
1: yeah so i have to say first and foremost my girlfriends Mm -hmm. and the the women who i could share my business stories with in addition to my emotional story along the way how i feel when they say this or that and uh my girlfriends have been my mentors and, and I've just so appreciated the time that we share together and, and um, help each other out. And I do, uh, when, when you kind of prepped me with that question before we get started here, I just have to say that one of the women that I have kind of um, uh, watched recently or listened to recently that I am just so in awe of is Dolly Parton.
0: Really? Why? The country
1: singer. She I know, I is, love her. She is amazing. For, if you think about the struggles that she had in country music back in the 60s and how she developed herself to have a unique edge, how sharp she was, the business decisions she made. And one of them was... Um, There is a song that Whitney Houston uh, sang. uh, I will always love you or. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, That song Mm -hmm. that that Whitney Houston just made such a a, um, star from Uh, Dolly Parton wrote that song. And I didn't realize that. And when she wrote it and sang it, you know, back in the 70s, Elvis Presley wanted that song from her. And she said no. she said no she was going to keep it Mm -hmm. and i just thought my goodness what a brave person to be able to know that the value of that song and keep it rather than give it to Elvis Presley, you know, oh, the King. Could you imagine? For free, yes. And and just how she had the longevity that she has had throughout, and and she gives she's a role her.
0: model for many women.
1: I think she is yeah. utterly just, uh, you know,
0: and of I course, love Adela- it, the, yeah, she's uh, women to to to. Yeah. Hide as a positive impact uh, I think for many many women okay um then to s- just the last thought about um in this episode for those listening what would be the takeaway for them I especially for women especially for women you know we are trying to to honor the you know women's history month so considering women what will be the last thought or takeaway for them
1: Okay, this of my years of being where I am and uh, trying to figure out how to get ahead, I would say really focus on what you want. Focus on exactly what you want and what are your barriers in getting there. You have to look at your barriers. What is holding you back and work on it, work on it, work on it, work on it. But the razor focus and not to get diverted. And I have a tendency to get busy, to feel busy and, you know, busy doing nothing, busy, you know, busy, 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 and forgetting the focus of what I want to achieve. So focus like hell, figure out your roadblocks and dig, dig, dig into them to make sure you can break through them.
0: I just have to add that the roadblocks can be managed around with a mentor i will say that
1: absolutely that's exactly yes thank you perfect
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for being with the iwib female factor podcast thank you thank you i always love speaking with you thanks thank you for listening i hope you find the episode interesting For more information, you can read the descriptions of this episode and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, IWIB underscore business network or at www.IWIB.online. Until next time, bye-bye.